so um, we are, you know, focusing on a couple of what we're calling heroes in this Heroes of Faith series. And the, the names Eliezer and Rebecca. Eliezer was the man commissioned by, I'm not going to go back and, and, and sort of uncover the things that we shared about last week. This is the second part of a little three-part mini-series within the larger Heroes of Faith series. And really the focus of it is, having, is finding a wife for Isaac, but it is built around two people, Eliezer, who was a chief servant of Abraham's household, and a young woman, a remarkable young woman, who will become Isaac's wife, Rebecca. And those two form the core focus. Now, one of the things, again, that we know is that Eli, and we talked about it, you can read it for yourself. You can go back and listen to the message if you missed it last week. That's great. Or you can read in Genesis 24 as a way of reviewing. But one of the things we know is that the, the, the desire of Abraham was that Isaac, his, his, own, his son of promise, would, would have a wife. And he sent his servant to find that wife. And I was thinking about this because this week, and it didn't dawn on me until actually I got here, believe it or not. But this week, you know, speaking of finding a wife, this was a week that um, was not like any other week in my life because um, this, was, this was the week that my wife and I celebrated our anniversary and August 4th, and actually got married right here, right here, 32 years ago. Wow, yeah, yeah, thank you. That was, that, no, thank you. I, I truly thank the Lord because we were, you know, uh, it, it didn't, honestly, I didn't even think I could ever get, I didn't even think I'd ever be married that long, you know, to be honest. And, I, I love my wife. My wife loves me. We're not, there's no perfect relationship. We have had our ups and downs and re-ups. And I think you have to keep reinventing your relationship to keep it vibrant and alive. Uh, and that's a very important thing to do, and it's unique. And I, I, if I was sharing, I would say that without the Lord, I know for sure. I know for sure we would not be married. We, would not, we both came from broken homes. We, we never saw anything past. And I know there's a unique pain in in. In, in having relational breakdown. I get that. And so, but we both, we both came from home. We never saw it past our early teen years what it was even like to have mom and dad together. And so this entire journey for us, which is hopefully going to continue for a little while, has been a, a grace adventure. And so, um, you know, just be, be uh, if you can, keep us in prayer. And hopefully... Got a long stretch ahead of us and uh, in love. Anyway, I don't know. I'm getting stuck here. So let's focus on the message. I want to I have us look at uh, Genesis 24 if we can. And we'll just pick right up there. This is the prayer of Abraham's servant, Eliezer. He's made that journey on behalf of Abraham. He, he was hoping that this would be the moment where he would find the woman that, that Abraham believed God would show him was going to ultimately be Isaac's wife. So he says this, Oh, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success today, would you? And I love this simple prayer. And he goes, And would you show unfailing love to my master? I just, I love that. Would you show unfailing love to my master, to my employer, um, to my, my friend and my mentor? See, I am standing here besides this spring. He had gone to, he had gone from the land of Israel. He had gone east and north to the land of Abraham's family in Mesopotamia, which would be approximately the region, at least the majority of it is modern-day Iraq. There was a city called Nahor, and in that city he had gone to a specific well, a place where the water was, um, you know, taken by the women at the close of the evening. 
and he had hoped that possibly God would show him there in that moment the person, the woman, that he was going to make an appeal to consider having, if she was willing, come and, and, and marry Isaac. It was, again, to, to do this, even taking in the cultural differences would still be an amazing request. She says, see, I'm standing here besides this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. And if she says, yes, I, I have a drink, then and, and, and also adds, I will water your camels as well. Remember, he had come with a very small caravan of camels bearing a lot of gifts. A couple of servants were with him. He says, Lord, would you let her be the one you've selected as Isaac's wife? This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. It's a simple prayer. It was a specific prayer. And it says that, again, just, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you to do this. Okay, well, pick it up, verse 15. Look at this with me. And it says, that it happened before he had even finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with a pitcher on her shoulder. And so we see that while he was still speaking out of his prayer, at that very moment, Rebekah is crossing his path. She's, while he's praying, she's walking past him. And God was working as he so often does on both sides of a divine appointment. And I love that because there's a lot of times where we come out of a conversation, we meet someone, we weren't planning on meeting them, we're talking about the things, and this happened to me yesterday. Sitting, I have this conversation, I walk out of that going, wow, you know, Lord, I was the last thing in my mind was to have this conversation. And I think, I wonder if it was, again, another, you set up these, these meetings for us. Maybe they're happenstance, but when they focus on the things of God, I really wonder. I, I believe God sets up divine appointments and we're meant to cross paths and we're meant to talk and we're meant to share the heart about who he is. Anyway, um, he goes on. As we see here, now the young woman was beautiful. She was not married. She was on her way down the well. She filled her pitcher and she came up and the servant ran to meet her and said, would you please let me drink a little water from your pitcher? Maybe he's going, this, maybe this is her, all right? And so she said, please, yes, drink, my Lord. And she quickly let her pitcher down, let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she says, and you know what I want to do as well for you? And it was an extraordinary gesture of hospitality. I want to draw water for your camels also until they finish drinking. And then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. Now, we read that last phrase, drew for all his camels, and it almost was like, oh, yeah, you know, it just, just took a little bit of water. To, to, to give camels water was actually an extensive amount of work. Now, have you ever seen a camel? I mean, camels are... You know, they're deceivingly massive creatures. They're like desert automobiles, really, if you think of it as... They, they run on water. I mean, they're, they're, they can weigh as much as 16 to 1,800 pounds. They're all over the, the Bible as well. You know, there's the, the Asian variety that has the, the two humps, but there's also the, the single... The Arabian camel is a single hump. And contrary to anybody's... There is nothing that you open up on the, on the hump and pour water into. It's just, that's not what it is. It's not a fill tank. It actually has fat on that. It's a storage. But camels can go a long way. They, they're, notori they're remarkably famous for being able to go about 100 miles on a full tank of water. Now, that is what they're fully fueled with water. They can go under extreme, under extreme conditions carrying an, an exceptional amount of weight. I mean, some of the weight they can carry between, between 400 and 600 pounds for 100 miles 
without needing to refuel with water. It's astonishing when you think about it. But when they come to the end, they have to be filled back up. And they take about 30 gallons of water to fill an empty tank of camel, okay? I'm just telling you. <laughs> and, and, and so what, what is, when, she, when she offers to go far beyond even customary hospitality, it, he is immediately wondering, and you see the phrase here, and I love the way it's captured. He says, and the man wondering at her, the reason you could, he's, he's, of course, what's happening is he's tired, he's been traveling, she's offering to water, and he's just there, and we're told that he's wandering, wondering at her, and he it says, and remain silent as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. He's wondering, Lord, could, could this be the answer to that simple prayer I just uttered? And he's watching her, and he's watching her work. He's watching her do an extraordinary amount of hospitality. And, you know, it's a reminder to you and me that there are going to be times where we need to silent, we need to sit in silence. And we need to wonder with God a bit about what he might be doing in and around us. And I think that we live in such a, uh, a, a noisy time that it's harder to do this. And I mean by noise, I don't just mean like physical noise, but I think just all the things that we're hearing all the time, uh, the, the way that the life pace we have, uh, it's, it's, we're constantly bombarded. I say this all the time. We, you know, we, again, we live in, in the you know, technology capital. It's this, we have so much access to information. You know, even when I want to look something up, I mean, it's, you know it. You know how easy you can do it now. Before, it would, it would have required a a trip to an extensive library uh, of books. To, to, then you still had to know how to look for something. Can now be, with just a few seconds of Googling, you can find information. Anyone can find it. We are constantly have entertainment things coming at us. We have constant things being sent our way, communications all over the place, all different times. We're posting here. What I'm saying is we, I don't think we, we live in a very noisy time. And there are going to be, and in the process of that noise, there are going to be times we're going to have to be more intentional about creating space to listen to our lives and to listen for God. As all the benefits of our technology may bring us, they also bring with them challenges. Challenges that are going to require us if we want relational health and, emotionally, and emotional and mental growth. If we really want to have that spiritual sense of, I will call it, if we want to have spiritual strength in our lives, we're going to have to be able to have a pace that is being intentional about creating room to hear God. And that means, that also means we're going to have to listen to our lives better. And that, by the way, just what we're doing right now well done. Is this what we're do That's partly what we're doing. We're creating space in a very intense, energized, noisy time of great adventure. We're creating room to listen. And there are times when maybe we just need to take a walk and head to a prayer walk. So what are you saying to me about my life right now? Maybe we've got decisions we have to make. Maybe we have relational crises that we're having to work through. We need to know how to position ourselves. Maybe we have, like many of us do, unique situations in our jobs 
that require a delicate kind of wisdom that maybe we wonder if we're even capable of exercising. What, what does it mean to, to walk with God, to trust God for his guidance? This is a big part of what I want us to see here. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about it. Watch what happens next, okay? So he's wondering if this is indeed the woman that God's designed for him to meet. And it says that, um, well, watch what happens. This is kind of funny as well. It says, and the man wondering at it remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. That's verse 21, you see it. It says, so it was that when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel. Now, that's just a big nose ring right there, right? That's like a good size one. And he gave it to her, and then he took these two bracelets from her wrists weighing about 10 shekels of gold. There's a lot of weight there. And he said, he, clearly, it was a gesture that was meant to impress her. And he was saying that there's something happening here and I want you to be aware of it. He says, whose daughter are you? Please tell me. Is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? Now, that was not an uncommon. That might strike us as like someone saying, walking up to us and saying, you know, we were nice to them in, in, the, in the restaurant or coffee shop. Next thing you know, they're asking, do you have room for us in your house? You know? No, that's different. <laughs> it's different. It's, it's, this, in that culture, it was common to extend extensive hospitality. And the idea of welcoming a guest into the town, if you had the means was not actually as far-fetched as it might initially seem or weird. And, and she, he says, would you have room? Is there room in your father's house to lodge us? And so she said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahor. These names, which don't mean anything to us, Nahor was the brother of Abraham. It means that he has found Abraham's relatives, the family that he was sent to connect with. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. Yes, and we have room for you. Please, you are welcome here. And it says that, what, what does it say he did, does? Look at it. It says, then the man bowed down his head and he, Eliezer's first reaction is to just, he gets down and he just says, thank you, God. He just gets down and he worships God right there. Like, like you, you have just done a remarkable thing for me. And he, he pauses. He turns from wonder as he's pondering and looking at her, wondering, can God answer my prayer that fast? From wonder to worship, just like that. And I love that. Clearly God's in it. And it's so awesome when we have those moments when the doors open for us in such a way that we sense with a kind of, astonished certainty. You know what? I think God's in this. Thank you. Wow. I'm part. And then he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. Verse 27. As for me, oh, by the way, this is a key phrase, a key verse. I would love for us to note it. Look what he says. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. I consider this verse critical because when it comes to guidance, that phrase, just hold that phrase in your head. As for me, right? As for me being on the way, the Lord led me. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me. Again, there is a truth here that God, honestly, he will not do for us what he has ordained for us to do. Eliezer is led as he is on his way. And that speaks of cooperation and divine guidance as we walk down the path of obedience and trust. And I found this to be true in life with God. He reveals, just, and I'll come back to this in a moment. This is important. He reveals his will as we do the will that he has revealed to us as we understand it. So a lot of times we were saying, what should I do? What does God want me to do? Which door should I walk, go open up and walk? I have these options. 
God will reveal his will, but as we do the will that he has revealed. We'll come back to that. It says, so the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban, Uncle Laban. He'll later be, become famous in a very different way. Laban ran out, of the man, out to the man by the well, and so it came to pass that when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist, they were obviously noticeable, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebecca saying, Thus, this, this is what this man has been saying to me and sharing with me, that he went to the man, he went to Eliezer, and there he stood by the camels at the well, and he said, Listen, you are welcome here. Come in, O oh, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. Come on in. Now, many people have noted that it's amazing how hospitable Laban got when he saw all those rings and jewelry, right? He got really hospitable. Now, he knew it was a wealthy guest, and he was not a guy to miss a deal. It says, then the man came to the house, and he unloaded the camels, and he provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him, that small contingent, that small little caravan with all their cam little camels and the goods that they brought. Food was set before Eliezer to eat. Uh, enjoy, relax. And look what he says, and we'll leave it here. Eliezer says, I would love to eat the meal and take advantage of the hospitality, but I can't have to tell you something. I will not eat until I have told you about my errand. And if I do that first, then and only then will I feel comfortable to relax. And so then Laban says, well, then speak on. Tell me your story. Tell me why you're here. Here's what, so you understand what Eliezer says? I, I'm not doing anything for myself until I finish the task and the assignment that I've been given. A real example of fidelity and faithfulness. Let me, let me just put some things up for us to wrestle with, all right? Because in the end, one of the best ways you and I can ever evidence our gratefulness to God, let's learn this, think about it, is through the quality of our service. I'm talking about the way we value and handle our commitments, how we care for our sacred entrustments. We're not, we're not perfect. But God does want us to be a people who keep our word or who can make and keep commitments. I was sharing last night. I mean, I know a lot, some of us have come from backgrounds where we didn't see commitment keeping modeled. And some of us really struggle to hold when we're feeling pressure. We want it, we, we break. We've broken before, we'll break again. God wants to teach us how to follow through. We make a commitment. Eliezer is a, an amazing model, right? He, had, he is so committed to his master's interests that he will not indulge himself without first discussing the purpose for which he has come. He could. There's nothing wrong with it. Why not? Just enjoy. I mean, you know what? I would love to, but I need to do what I committed myself to do. Very important. In an age, oh, in a culture where everything is about selfies, right? Selfies and self-aggrandizement, self-promotion, self-indulgence, self-gratification, transactional relationships where we both agree that we only get out of it what we want to get out of it and nothing more. In that kind of environment where people want to avoid unnecessary self-denial, here is a man who says no to a opportunity because he's committed to a higher purpose. And it's a great reminder for those of us who would follow the Lord of the kind of people we are to aspire to be. That doesn't mean we're always going to be that way. But to be a person of excellence, when we're committed to a higher purpose, it affects everything that we do. Listen to me. 
The, our life with Jesus was not meant to be disconnected from how we work. You know, I, I have some of my, my older, my children are older now. They're working in environments where they're now experiencing politics and maneuvering and people watching their backs and how you get the promotion and who gets where and it's all who switches around. You get switched around. There are chess pieces. It's like a, and I said, you know what? One thing, you, you can't control some of that. You can be wise. Here's what I think you should do. But let me tell you what we can control ourselves, our attitude, our conduct, the quality of our work, the way we work. We don't do that. The, the loyalty we should. Well, no one's loyal these days. I know, but we serve the Lord. So there is an element that, see, okay, I hope it's not meant to be disconnected, our life with God, to just an, an hour that we devote or to, to our spiritual life and then it has nothing to do with our work life or our relational life. It's meant, it's meant to inform everything we do. That's what Jesus was getting at. Don't just give me, he said, don't just give me your offering at the temple, but then your heart is in a whole other place all over the rest of your life. Don't just appease me. I don't want, I don't want, in fact, you know what he, Jesus, he made this statement, it probably bothers people. He says, you know what? If you're just gonna give me an offering and then live however you wanna live, and disregard me. And he says, you know what? Just keep the offering. I don't need it. I want your heart. I want you to love me. Because if you love me, you're gonna wanna, we're gonna wanna actually represent my, me. And, and what I say is gonna matter. It's gonna affect how we do things. How we, so I look at this and I go, you know, Lord, this spirit of excellence, I, I, can you help us to be a people who are contending for things to, to be as good of a, a yes, I'm going to say it, a worker as we can be, as good of a manager as we can be, as, as good of an owner as we can be, as good of a leader as we can be, as we can we be honest and represent you well? Can we be people who are improving in our relations, relational capacities? Can we do better? Can we, can we work on our, our internal improvement? Can I, can I grow? Can I think about what things I need to be restrained from and what things are toxic to me and what my blind spots are and what I, what I need your help to be more restrained from so that I can pursue the things that are better in my life. How can I get past wounds of my past? How can I grow? How can I heal? How can I be a blesser? And this is the way of the Lord. And I, I think we're all going to need grace. But okay, how we serve him matters. And it shows up in how we live our lives. I say I love you, Lord. I say I'm thankful. But it has to show up in the everydayness of our life. Not perfect but real, desired. Okay, this connects to the second piece here. In what Elias said. I think it's essential to thank God, especially when our prayers are answered. What does Elias You answer, he gets down and he starts worshiping God. I mean, he, he pauses. You know, a lot of times we mark the things that don't go our way, but we don't always say thank you for little prayers that are just things that are answered that we go, you know, Lord, did I, did I, Stop to even acknowledge you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making a way for me. Thank you for this. Thank you for helping me here. Thank, thank you. Did I thank you? Did I even think about you? Did I pause? I know I got stuff I can be upset with, but did I pause to say thank you for blessings I don't even deserve? Did I do that? Am I even looking for them? Did I say thank you? 
For all your blessings, known and unknown, remembered and forgotten, I give you thanks. Every now and then we need to do that. All your blessings, known and unknown, remembered and forgotten, I give you thanks. Thank you. I pause to say thank you. Little prayers. And the last piece, which to me is the full circle, this is where I really wanted to, to focus. And we mentioned it earlier. The will of God, stay with me on this, you guys, often unfolds as we walk forward in faith and obedience. Just like the Lord led Eliezer is a kind of cooperative expedition, so it will be for us as we prayerfully commit ourselves to his way. We must trust that he will lead us in the way we should go as we do what we know we are to do with what we can see. This is such a huge principle, and I hope we can understand it. As I was on my way, he says, the Lord led me. There are a lot of things in the future that we go, I don't know how that's going to work out. I can't see. I, we, we start wondering, what are we going to do? Some of us are afraid of it. Some of us aren't sure what to do. Some of us are saying, I don't know what God's going to do. I can't see that far. And the temptation is when we, when we are afraid of something or we can't see how it's going to work because maybe it's around the bend, the temptation is to stay where we are until we can see it. But he says, as I was on my way, the Lord led me. That implies the idea of active, not, active obedience, not passive obedience. In other words, it's not about just waiting for things to, to be unfold and become so clear to us. It's about, there are, most of the time, God wants us to, to do, he wants us to be on our way. We, we walk in the obedience we walk in the path that we know. We, we focus on what we know he's wanting us to do in this stage. As we move forward into that, we can trust him with what's ahead. It will unfold for us. God will show us. I don't, because a lot of times we get paralyzed. We'll go, well, I, 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 I can't, I, you know, I need to be stronger. Or I need to know what's going on before I can. And God's saying, you know what? Don't focus there. Focus on what I'm asking you to do now, here, little obedience be, walk in that. As I was on my way, the Lord led me. This is a really critical piece here because it's, it's, sometimes we get stuck. We, we, we forget that he wants, he wants us to keep moving. He wants us to, to, to not just sort of close down our, our, and, and, and sort of get paralyzed. In all our ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct our paths. He will show us the way that we should go. This is true for our life. This is true for what's ahead of us. A lot of times we go, well, you know, how's this going to work out? Or how's that going to work out? Or when's this going to happen? And we say, you know what? Move in the direction you know that is right. Focus on the things that you can focus on in the now. Move towards something and trust that as you're doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing, God will open up the path. I will show you an, a great verse that maybe some of us might want to hold on to just in the coming weeks. This is from Job. It, it connects. This is just, I'll just, we'll throw it up there. Look at this verse. Then you will take delight in the Almighty and look up to God. You will pray to him. He will hear you. And you will fulfill your vows to him. That is, you accomplish what you've committed yourself to do. You'll do it. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do. And, and look at that phrase. And the light will shine on the road ahead of you. That's to me that, okay, I know it sounds so simple, but you know what this, this is, this is like really, 
This is a powerful truth wrapped in simplicity that can help us big time. As we walk towards things, the light will shine ahead of you as you walk. What does he say? Take delight in the Almighty. Look to God. Love God. Look towards him. Pray, ask him. He'll hear you. And, and, you know, as you walk in this way, you're going to find that he will shine the light on the road ahead of you. He'll show you. Some people say, well, I don't know what the future holds for me. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how it's going to be. I made this decision. I don't know how it's going to be. You know what? Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Let's not do that. There's a lot of things I go, I tell myself, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I don't want to let you down. I don't want the people I love down. I feel weak in this area. I'm scared. Help me. Help me to have courage. You know what the Lord will remind us of? You focus on what you know. Focus on what I'm asking you to do now. And then just walk. I'll show you the way. I'll take care of you. I'll open up the path. You'll see it when we get there. What you focus on is what you know. That's really huge. That path will open. And a lot of times what it's reminding us of is that he's going to He's going to, as we take the light in him, he's going to illuminate our way. He's, he's going to, I mean, what a promise, what a gift. Though the way sometimes is steep, so sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's emotionally perilous, difficult to climb. He will show us the way as we walk forward in the light that he gives us. In your word, the psalmist says, is a light unto my path and a lamp, is a lamp unto my path, a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. You will show me the way. Let's, let's pray about this together. And we'll have our closing time of giving and the psalm that we're going to connect to to close with. But, Lord, in this simplicity of your truths, our life to us. And again, for some of us, it's about slowing down and creating space because we're, <laughs> we're, so, we're so busy got so much noise, so much, so much mental clutter and emotional clutter that we can't even hear. We're not listening to our lives. We're not listening for you. Help us. Help us. Please. For others of us, it has to do with just being, having gratitude in our hearts, to mark the moments, to be aware, to have discerning eyes just like you had, to see things that we would otherwise miss, to say thank you more. And then, of course, this idea of how to trust you with things that we can't see that are ahead of us when we've got to make calls and decisions and choices? How do I make the right ones? How do I know what the best path is? Well, Lord, a lot of times it's just about learning to trust you and to walk faithfully with what we do know, with faith believing that as we do that and move towards things, you will unfold your will for us. You'll you'll make the path clear. You'll shine your light for us. So if some of us are filled with perplexity right now, Help us to have more faith in you even as we focus on what we know now. What what does that look like to be obedient in the now? At the same time, trusting you for what's ahead. Give us that place. Give us that, that ability. Give us that. As I was on the way, the Lord led me. I ask for your blessing, your grace over all of us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Amen. 